Have you ever had one of those days where you need to burn another 100,000 bucks, but you want to feel good about yourself after? Dead friggin' easy, I'd suggest. I'm John Cadogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that, obviously, or you can click the card on screen now. More importantly though, if you do find yourself having this, let's call it, problem with excess cash and you find yourself craving a fine German automobile, let me introduce you to the new 430i and its somewhat distinctive face. This could be a test, right? Or a confidence trick, like the Emperor's new grill. Or perhaps a mad psychology experiment by aliens orbiting in space, probing us once again to test the limits of human attraction. Channeling my inner diplomat, I'd suggest this is both distinctive and polarizing. Epistemically, it's far more clear cut for me than blondes versus brunettes or chocolate versus strawberry. Perhaps it's just a mad ploy to make you think this car is not merely a 3 Series Coupe. Four Ringette Volkswagen does exactly the same thing with the A4 sedan and A5 Coupe. It's a purely artificial distinction. This is of course at odds with the rabbit hole down which the three-pronged suppository has tumbled with C-Class, which has both sedan and coupe variants. So if you're that flamboyant hipster dude with a ponytail, aged 40, still trying to grow a beard, and you consider yourself to be something of a rebel in your skinny jeans, despite living in the inner city and working 14 hours a day as the marketing manager for metrosexual apparel, well, I'd suggest in that case that this kind of artificial product differentiation might really matter to you. To be perfectly fair and balanced here for a moment, like Fox News, the not quite a 3 Series Coupe here does have a slightly lower mass centroid and slightly wider track than the 3 Series sedan. And BMW dudes tell me that they have stiffened up the platform in places to crisp up the dynamics in line with soy latte sipping marketing manager expectations. It's extremely comfortable in here and distinctly premium, but there's absolutely no doubt this is a driver's car first and a luxury car second. And this is one thing I've always admired about BMW, okay? They are extremely loyal to their core brand ethos of building the ultimate driving machine. And I can't actually think of one BMW I've ever driven that I've really looked forward to giving back. The seats are infinitely adjustable and extremely supportive, and overall, the ergonomics are excellent. There are some very clever touches in this car too. For example, co-locating the engine stop-start button right next to the transmission selector. That is an ergonomic triumph because, just think about it, 
When you're starting up or shutting down, what do you do? You start the engine and then the very next control you need is the transmission selector. And your hand is right down there, ready to manipulate both of those things without moving from here to there or from there to there or something of that nature, okay? And shutting down, exactly the same ergonomic efficiency pertains, all right? And while we're talking about transmission selectors, okay, the transmission selector in a BMW is not like in other cars. So if it's your first time behind the wheel on a test drive, it will take you some time to get used to that and you may initially hate it because it's not intuitive, all right? But what I suggest is once you've gone up the learning curve just a little bit, you will discover that this is the best transmission selector ergonomics that you have ever used. So don't be put off at the outset. Some actual clever brainiacs have reinvented this and it works brilliantly. One of the things I'm less crazy about with this car is the default tyre specification, which is Bridgestone run flats, basically. Now, there's nothing wrong with run flats as a concept. It's just the cost of replacement, which is outrageous in my view and perhaps there's a good technical reason for that maybe it's just profiteering but anyway this is the ecosystem we are stuck in so if you get a flat you can run on it but then after that after a limited period of running on that the tire is essentially a throwaway and the replacement cost is not going to be fun basically i do rather hope there's no identity politics dimension to automotive ergonomics, because if there is, I fear I'm about to commit fat shaming. Because this steering wheel, it's properly fat. It's like got a body mass index of a billion or something. Just to put this in perspective, okay, if you work out with a standard barbell, like not the Olympic kind, just the standard kind, that's 25 millimeters in diameter. And if you step up to something like a competition kettlebell, the handles on those babies are 33 millimetres. And it's not really until you get to properly masochistic items of rotational self-abuse like really heavy steel clubs or maces that you get to handles in that 40 plus millimetre domain. And there, the grip challenge is off the friggin' chart, okay? And I kind of like that, bit of a chunky handle, so I'm going, yes. But you might not. Anyway, just so you know, 38 millimeters at its narrowest, just here in the nine and three positions, and at the thickest, this wheel measures an incredible 47 millimeters at its widest. So, over to you. This is one of those chocolate v strawberry kind of issues. If you love it, great, and if you don't, then hey, you're stuck with it. This next point's a little bit like going up to business class for the first time in a commercial jet, right? It's really easy to go forward, but so hard to come back next time to economy. Wireless phone connectivity is kinda like that, okay? It's so liberating not to have to carry a friggin' cable, in my case, a USB-C to USB-A or whatever they call it, cable, to get my Android phone connected to the car, okay? Wireless Android Auto and wireless Apple CarPlay is awesome, and I can't wait for it to be rolled out across the whole automotive ecosystem. This particular 4 Series we find ourselves in today is the middle of the range. 
It is the 430i, and in my view, it's the sweet spot on specification and value for money and things of that nature. So the base price is about 89,000 bucks plus on road costs for this middle of the range variant. This one, however, has a few extras like this very sexy leather and the laser headlights, which we'll get to in just a sec. And that brings the price to just shy of 100,000 bucks, which is a lot of money any way you look at it to spend on a conveyance, however rewarding. At this point, I think, therefore, it's probably a good idea for us to teleport back to the fat cave and lay out the specifications and the model range so that you can make an informed decision about which four series might tick all the boxes for you. So with that, over to you, fat dude. Does he have to be so dependably disrespectful, like typical freaking motoring journalist, out there on location, swanning around in the cool car. I'll have you know it's not all that easy for me here in the palatial fat cave, sitting on my dependable ass and reading the prompter. Actually, you know, now that I think about it on balance, it is pretty easy to do this. Anyway, all radiator grill and fake model differentiation piss takes aside on location, that 430i is an awesome car to drive. In part, this is because it exists in that very rare sweet spot between being too hard-edged and performance-oriented to live with on a daily basis and too soft and luxurious to have a real crack in out there occasionally you can really throw that car around and it is extremely balanced and quite responsive. But it doesn't feel like going, you know, 12 rounds with Madame Lash or something when you're just getting from A to B in traffic with everyone else. So that's kind of nice and you don't get that level of balance between plushness and chuckability all that often. So just to detain you briefly with the range here and decompiling the DNA of the 4 Series, the base model 420i is about 70 grand plus on roads here in Chittsville. It's 19,000 bucks-ish more for the 430i that I spent a week test driving. And it's another 28,000 bucks on top of that to step up from the 430 to the range-topping M440i xDrive. Don't get me wrong here, okay? The 420i is not poverty. Like all four series vehicles here in Schittsville get an M Sport body kit and 19-inch alloys. There's wireless charging in a pad in the center console for your phone and faux leather plus Alcantara in the 420. Get a 12.3-inch flat screen instrument cluster, which is quite sexy but does have something of a learning curve, configurability-wise, and a 10.5-inch multimedia screen, which is very nicely integrated indeed, plus voice commands and wireless Apple and Android phone integrations. Wireless. Yes. However, the powertrain in the 420i, while it's essentially the same as the 430i, in as much as it's a 2-litre turbo 4 with an 8-speed auto and rear-wheel drive, the engine in the 420i is significantly detuned. It's pumping out just 135 kilowatts and 300 newton meters, which is kind of good for about seven and a half seconds to 100 k's an hour. So not totally disgraceful. But just for perspective, you stopped at the lights, okay, and the dude next to you in his 
Kia Serato GT, costing you know half as much, he's going to carve you up properly, and it's going to be ugly if you have a crack. Like it's just not going to be a fair fight. We're talking about that kind of performance, and I'm just talking about straight line performance here with the 420, not refinement, not cachet. Departments in which the 420 remains clearly streets ahead of Serato Boy, but. For me, this kind of makes the 420i the hairdresser's option, and I have to say, you know, it is some time since I had need of one of those, you know, hairdressers. <laughs> Can you believe it? Can you believe that I do this myself now? You know, it's amazing. Great for your shoulder mobility, not to mention thermodynamic efficiency. You should try it. This Anyway, this frown of 420i's straight-line mediocrity is, of course, turned completely upside down if you step up to the 430i, which ups the performance ante to 190 kilowatts and 400 newton meters, meaning you will definitely consign Serato Boy to the rearview mirror if he has a crack when push comes to shove. If you do that kind of thing out there on the road, always do it safely. If you're in the 430i, it's going to be... Happy days in that situation, which is always nice when you spend the big bucks. The 430 is 10 kilowatts more powerful than something like a Golf GTI, but also slightly heavier. So on power to weight, they're in the same kind of ballpark. There's actually 3.5% in it in the GTI's favour, but I doubt you would feel this kind of disparity from the driver's seat. Anyway. With the 430i, you also get clever adaptive damping system, which, you know, adapts the suspension tune to the mode you select, the drive mode you select. You get keyless entry, a surround view camera system, and adaptive cruise control. And, of course, if you have even more cash to burn, the M440i xDrive is quite nice indeed. You get sunroof, premium audio, stuff like that. You also get standard. Those miraculous laser headlamps I mentioned earlier, which we first saw in, from BMW in the i8 plug-in hybrid. Counterintuitively for the car industry, they do actually use real lasers. It's not just empty rhetoric. That's almost a breach of the car industry marketing code of conduct, now that I think about it. If memory serves, what goes on there is they use a blue-spectrum semiconductor laser which smashes the beam into a yellow phosphorus reflector to produce blindingly concentrated white high-beam light, and then they throw it like you know, 600 metres down the road, which doesn't take all that long, hashtag physics. The laser tech saves weight and cuts space too, so that's quite nice. You effectively get twice the chocolatey goodness, plus it also prevents tooth decay. Bonus points, if you can tell me who said that and in what Hollywood movie. You will love those laser headlamps. Except, of course, if you jam a kangaroo into one at 150 or 200 k's an hour, right? They're not designed for that. When I think about it, what is? It's certainly not Skippy. With the 430i, you also get xDrive, which is BMW speak for all-wheel drive, and it's hugely rear-drive biased in line with BMW's core sporty driving ethos, but I guess the big trick there is the all-wheel drive system's latent ability to engage the front drive at times and drag you the hell out of a bend if you happen to be driving one day as if late for an important job interview after knocking over a bank. Which is to say, I am yet to test all of that. I'm not going to knock over a bank for you. I do most things for you, but certainly not that. But I am sure the M440i is a rather nice conveyance indeed. 
But are you really ever going to need slash use all of that stuff? And is it tangibly worth the extra 28 grand? That's the question. Maybe for some of you it is, but I'd suggest for most people, the 430i is more car than you ever really need, which is really what everyone wants, right? Especially the wealthy, more than they need. I want that too, and frankly, so do you. Of course, a certifiably insane M4 is also in the wings, and it's hard not to cherish the underlying excess at the core of every M car I have ever driven. Incidentally, the M440i X-Drive gets a straight six engine with 285 kilowatts and 500 newton meters, and if there's one thing BMW has done absolutely brilliantly since approximately the age of the freaking dinosaurs, it's straight sixes. Hashtag respect. Brilliant configuration to the inline six, so it's fundamentally balanced, right? And perfect. Loves a rev. Essentially, a straight six comprises two inline threes back to back with the rear three bank reversed relative to the front three. So it's really smooth and loves to be revved high. <laughs> but inherently, of course, it's something of a bastard for the designers to package. The upshot of adding X-Drive to the inline turbo 6 and calling it a 440 is seriously fast in a straight line, like 4.5 seconds to 100, which is only 0.3 slower than an M2 competition, and that car qualifies as a proper time machine. So I'm tipping very few 4 Series owners could or would want to milk a 440i for all it's worth routinely out there in traffic, and doing so might be socially irresponsible in any case, which is why I'm calling the 430i the sweet spot in the 4 Series model range. And obviously, no car is perfect, however nice, and there is a fistful of criticisms. This car is only a four-seater, okay? So if you've got a big strapping ectomorphic teenager or two in your family, I'd suggest that they will not like applying for either of the two positions down the back. The brakes are awesome in a performance driving context, but the transition from only just rolling to dead stopped when you're sort of slowing down gently in traffic can be kind of harsh and jarring. And this seems to be related to the transition between going from kinetic friction to static friction between the pads and the rotors. And you get that longitudinal bouncing if you don't get it absolutely right by being gentle on the brakes right at the end of the stop. At least that's how the car I tested for a week actually behaved. And I do not know if that is typical of the 4 Series breed or if some previous road tester might have done like a billion really hard stops from 150 on a track. Who knows? Your mileage may therefore vary on 4 Series brake refinement in ordinary driving. The auto engine start-stop function is the opposite, the exact opposite of the refined in-traffic experience that I want in a premium car, okay? It saves you hardly any fuel and therefore it prevents hardly any emissions and if you've got upwards of 70 grand to dump on a car, the saving in fuel, you know, the saving in cash because you're not burning that fuel will be frankly immeasurable and also insignificant. And it's easy to turn this system off, but it seems to revert to on every time you jump in. So there's that. 
Perhaps there's a workaround. If there is, I couldn't find it. Finally, it does seem somewhat cynical to me at least to add an M performance kit and those 19 inch alloys to the 420i in particular, but not to include adaptive cruise control. I know what I'd find more useful actually using the car. And when you look at the price of mainstream cars that come standard with adaptive crews and sunroofs and things of that nature, you would have to say that the absence of these kind of features from the 420i, it's less about meeting a price point and more about somewhat cynically motivating you to drop even more cash on the 430i or expensive options for your 420 and speaking of options, back to you, dude, standing in the traffic, live, on location, in Shitsville. Dude, it's not the news, okay? It's never gonna be the news. It really is time for you to leave that whole broadcast fantasy behind. And while we're having a bit of a stern criticism of this and that, can you hear that? I can, microphones are different, you might not be able to hear it. Hopefully I am sparing you. 300 meters just down the road there, there's a random dude standing on the side of the friggin' road playing the bagpipes. Like, play those funky bagpipes, white boy! And I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, hopefully to escape that kind of stuff and hashtag Shitsville. So, there's that. Anywho, where were we? Um, the options, which are frankly astounding on this car, are friggin' astounding. So let me run you through the triple platinum options bingo hits, the edited highlights, just the greatest hits, okay? Kicking off with M Sport Plus, which is kind of a fancy name for coloured seatbelts and a really cool limited slip electronic diff at the back. That's just 3,000 bucks. And ventilated seats, you want those, that's only 1800 and then next there's a package right which is heated front seats with driver's lumbar support and electric adjustments over on this side over here for tiffany in the passenger's seat that's just two grand which is a trifle when you think about it next there's another package interior ambient lighting metallic paint the sunroof and of course tony stark's very clever indeed patented actual laser beam headlamps i want that $6,300. Hashtag respect. M Carbon Exterior Embellishment. $5,900. Yes. So called individual paint. Well, we've already spent so much. What's another $3,850? And of course, so called individual instrument panel clad in dead animal. $3,400. Now, Question without notice from the floor, have you been keeping score with all of this? Because it's been quite therapeutic to spend 26,000 fantasy shits, villian micro pesos and change, hasn't it? And of course, this is exactly what happens at the dealership. So my message to you is shields up, dude, when you step onto the showroom floor, because they're going to keep offering. And if you keep going, uh-huh, 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 they're gonna keep catching your cash. And you really don't need some of that stuff, you know, the granite and leather embossed genuine dashboard replica of Mount Rushmore, only with Donald Trump's head in place of uh, George Washington or something. That sounds really cool in the moment. And I do want that because it's 
huge, as you know, but do you really need that long term? Can you live without it? Probably. I know I did piss take incessantly the 4 Series for its seemingly artificial distinction from the 3 Series and the Target hipster nonconformist owner and the grill which my daughter informed me reminded her of the butt print one might leave casually poolside after an otherwise dignified and invigorating dip summertime. Obviously this kind of thing just runs in the family. What can you do? Hashtag genetics. It does, of course, pain me to point out to people who generally consider themselves not to be cognitively challenged, hashtag Dunning-Kruger, that this is news and review as if satire, okay, as opposed to the default Australian car review, which could be categorised loosely as miracle insomnia cure. So there's that. Aside from the grill, it's actually a dead-set gorgeous car. It's got classic coupe proportions and really nice styling touches throughout, which do not compromise the brilliant ergonomics. So that's an interesting balancing act, and they have kicked it through the posts on the full there. And hey, maybe the grill will grow on me like some out-of-control infection. <laughs> And maybe it's already not a barrier to entry for you. Eye of the friggin' beholder, right? Epistemically subjective. This is a proper driver's car too, and I'd suggest the criticisms I've voiced here are fairly minor. I'm really just acknowledging that despite the marketing, no car could be perfect. And I'll leave you with this, okay? BMW will never say this, and they can already give you 400 million reasons why you should own their fine Bavarian money-wasting machine over that offered by four-ringed Volkswagen or even three-pronged suppository. So let me entertain you with reason 400 million and one. BMW are just better at customer care than the other two. Profoundly so. At least that's how they roll here in Shitsville. And this is the main reason I recommend BMW to premium car buyers over the other two. I have no commercial relationship with any car maker, but every time when I have, in good faith, referred a legitimate customer complaint to BMW head office here, they have jumped on it. And customer frowns have gone upside down forthwith. And I cannot say that about the other two. Like, dude, I just can't. Also, I've never had a disgruntled BMW owner send me in disgust the grubby gag order he's just been asked to sign after months of stonewalling over some profound automotive problem from hell. That's more a Mercedes-Benz MO in my experience. So that's something to consider in the domain of risk management. I've seen how they roll on that, and in my view, it's pathologically disgraceful. I actually think issues of this nature, like actual customer care, are the key point of differentiation between BMW and the other two. At this level, cars from all three brands are roughly equivalent in most other respects, like they all look really good and they all drive really well. That's just the price of admission, right? But BMW's treatment of its customers, based upon my first-hand experience over several years now, really does set them apart. So if you have any lingering questions on any of this, or if you just want to save thousands on a new 4 Series or any other BMW without getting stitched up over Mount Rushmore on the instrument panel, 
visit the website or click the save button on the end screen, which is coming up in just a sec. If you enjoyed this review and you'd like to see more reports like this, and hey, you're only human, dude, have a think about jamming your fist into the subscribe button <laughs> and also smashing the notifications bell while you're loitering, you know, down there. I always enjoy that. And I know this has been something of an endurance event. I do thank you, therefore, sincerely for watching. <laughs>